We are going to energize the country. We need to wake up and smell the coffee. No more Mr. Nice Guy. Another future is possible, but we've got to fight for it. Order! Hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Matthew Hulbert, the councillor for Red Hall Ward, vice chair of Barwell Parish Council, vice chair of Leicestershire uh, County Council's Equalities Group, and a member of the Liberal Democrats. Welcome to the podcast, Matthew. Hi, Will. Thanks very much for uh, having me on. Um, So the first question uh, that I'd like to ask is, uh, what made you decide to uh, get involved with local government? Yeah, so I mean, I've been interested in politics for um, a very long time, probably since I was about, you know, 13, 14 and first started um, watching um, Prime Minister's questions. Some 13 and 14 year olds get involved in lots of other stuff. I was watching PMQ, so there we are. Um, and always knew that I was a progressive, you know, on the on the centre left of of politics. Um, it took me a long time to find my political home. I sometimes get um, uh, the Mickey taken out of me because I have in fact been in three political parties. Um, it took me a while to find my political home in the Liberal Democrats. So as an 18 year old, I was swept along by the whole Blair thing, the whole Blair project, and was a member of the Labour Party until I left over the uh, the invasion of Iraq in 2000. Um, I really should have joined the Lib Dems then, but I didn't. I um, was a huge fan, as I still am, of Caroline Lucas, and so joined the Greens for a bit. Uh, Realised that that wasn't for me uh, either. Um, and uh, in 2010, um, I ran just before the coalition, so they weren't easy first years for me um, in the Lib Dems. But, um, but joined the Lib Dems in 2010, became a candidate for both the borough and the parish council here um, by the end of 2010, and was elected at the time to both the borough and the parish council in 2011. Served uh, in both of those roles until 2015 when I lost both seats, um, as did many people up and down the country. The Lib Dem was not at all popular by the middle of, uh, of 2015. Um, and I won my parish seat uh, back in 2019. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you mentioned... Uh parish council seats, uh, borough council seats, and of course there are lots of different types of um, councils. Do you think that uh, for the listeners you could just explain the differences between the different types of uh, councils that exist? I'll certainly do my best. Um, So, yeah, I mean, um, borough council, along with, um, they can also be called district councils in the places that have them, are principal authority um, uh, councils, and often that's, and we can get into this, often that's why they have more attention than, than parish councils, which whilst statutory bodies are not considered principal authority um, councils, obviously people live in cities, they'll have a city council, um, but whereas um, parish councils um, look after things like uh, parks and um, community transport and public toilets and lots of other things as well. I've got a big long list here in front of me what parish councils do. Um, borough councils um, have uh, a lot of other um, services, so they'll look after lots of um, leisure services in um, a borough. They're obviously a, um, a planning authority, so so they have a say on planning, although, again, we can debate quite how um, much... Um, local councils get listened to on on planning and and, and many other things um, beside. But I, I think you raise a good point. One, I think people do get confused about what level of government uh, does what. And even as someone who's been um, in ele- in elected office for six of the past ten years, even I can think uh, you know when when I get a um, 
you know, a query by one of my one of my residents here. Now, what level of government does deal with that? And sometimes, mm. you know, you have to ask that that question. So, I mean, I think I think we need to do much more um, in schools and in general society to educate all of us on the importance of councils, because you know we learn a lot about central government, but actually councils are our most local form of government and deliver a lot of the services that actually um, concern us on a day-to-day on -day basis. And I just don't think any of us really um, know enough about what each of the different levels of council do. Mm. Now, um, first of all, uh, I'd like to talk about um, parish councils, because I think when you mention parish councils to people, typically they have, uh, you know, perhaps an overly stereotypical view of, of rural England and, and people uh, pottering about and perhaps not a, a, a great deal uh, maybe of, of interest uh, related to them. Of course, that's changed in um, recent times as people have become more proactive and involved in uh, local politics and interested in, in local politics. What would you say to someone who had no idea what a typical parish council meeting is like? How, how would you describe it to them? It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think a lot of people think, uh, you know, we're all kind of, the way I always describe it, fairly or unfairly, is, you know, I think people think that we're all a lot of Vicar of Dibley style, parish council, country bumpkins. And, mm. and you know, we're not. We're dedicated volunteers who care about um, our communities. And unlike every other level of elected office, we don't do it for any kind of um, remuneration. We don't get mm. any. We are volunteers. Um, and so I think in that sense, there's a purity um, to parish, town, um, community and neighbourhood councils that there isn't to any other level of, of government. But perhaps there's also, and this can be seen in both a, a positive and a negative light, uh, perhaps there is a perception at least of a kind of amateurism. Um, but as the famous saying goes, you know, it was amateurs who, who built the ark, it was professionals that built the Titanic. So again, I don't think that is necessarily always a bad thing. And what we tend to have at, at parish and town level is I'm not saying there's no politics. Of, of course there is. Some of us, including myself, are elected on party tickets. I'm elected as a Liberal Democrat. But there's also many, many independents um, at parish and town council level. But my view is, although I'm very happy to be elected on a party ticket, I think once you're elected, it's then for whoever is elected, the makeup of, of a council, to then forget about the party politics as much as you can and to deliver for your local um, uh, village and town. But yet there are 10,000 parish and town councils in England, 100,000 independently elected councillors. And I don't think people realise this, and this is quite a staggering figure, that um, you know, parish, town, community and neighbourhood councils across England are responsible for a billion pounds of investment in communities across England every year. That is not an insubstantial um, amount of money. Um, and, you know, we represent our local communities. We are the first tier of, of government, the most local tier of government to, to where people live, um, deliver services to meet people's needs and, of course, strive to improve quality of life and community well-being. And I won't run through the whole list, but just to give you some of the things that parish and town councils look after. We run allotments, bridleways, burial grounds, bus shelters, car parks, common and open spaces, community transport schemes, um, uh, local events and festivals, footpaths, leisure and sport facilities, litter bins, public toilets, have a say on planning, uh, street cleaning and lighting, uh, village greens and youth projects. So, I mean, you know, this is a, a proper level of, of government 
um, that is delivering on um, the most basic and most local of community needs and facilities and services. Um, and yet, I, again, you know, if you ask people, what does your local parish council do? They, they may not be able to tell you. And I think that's quite sad. Really. Mm. Uh, now, on the point of um, planning permission, of course, uh, there's been a, a great deal of uh, debate in, in recent years about planning permission, about where uh, buildings should be put, where housing uh, should be put. Do you think that this is something that, because of the um, influence that uh, parish councils have in deciding where uh, houses uh, should be put and, and buildings and other things like that, do you think that this is something that there should be more emphasis on in terms of scrutiny of parish councils, given that, you know, housing is, is a very big issue for a lot of people throughout the UK? It is. And, you know, I should say that until our recent AGM, um, I was chair of our Bar Parish Councils um, Planning um, Committee. And indeed, when I was a borough councillor, I was, was a member of the, of the, of the planning committee at, at, at borough level. Of course, in terms of parish councils, we're just consulted on what we think. Um, hopefully what we think is given some weight by the Borough Council, um, which decides on, 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 on these things. But again, sometimes you wonder whether it, you know, whether it is or not. Um, but I think there's a, an issue, I, I, you know, I thought this when I was on the Borough Council too, that I think there's a real um, issue, and I'm certainly not unique in saying this, it's, it's said by, by councillors the whole time, that um, you know, we're, we're consulted at borough level, we get, we get to make a decision, and yet so often those decisions are overturned by planning inspectors, you know, in Whitehall or whatever it is. Um, and, you know, who, who knows our communities best? Someone uh, uh, sitting in an office um, somewhere many miles away from um, where our communities are, all those of us that are in our communities and the people that who get to hear from the people that we represent who, who, who live in these places. Um, and I do think there's there's a real issue that the government haven't yet addressed in mm. trying, you know, I think they need to make a decision. Either they want things decided absolutely centrally. I mean, I think they don't say that because they know the uproar mm. that it was, but either they want that and they need to argue that case or they are prepared to trust local uh, communities um, to know our areas best, to know what suits our areas. Now, of course, there's an issue of of, of, of kind of nimbyism. You know, you know, we we support um, development, just not this one. Mm. Um, and then another one comes along, we support development, just not this one. Yeah, I accept that is an issue. And I, you know, and I do think we as local communities need to face the fact that yes, developments mm. need to be right, and they need to be right for our areas, and they need to deliver the infrastructure and all the rest of that. But we need to be prepared to say that people need houses and people need affordable housing, um, and that will mean new developments. And yes, I'm, I'm going to say it; it may even mean mean some new developments on green belt land. Mm. Uh, and I think we just need to kind of. Uh, face that reality. Um, but So I think there's give and take on both sides, from central government and local government. Um, I'd like to see parish councils and town councils given more say, actually, on, mm -hmm. on planning. Um, and, um, you know, something put in there um, in, a, in a statutory basis to say that what we say really does need to carry some weight with, with the deciding authority. Um, uh, so I would like to, to see that, but I mean, I'd like to see, you know, more powers for parish councils, uh, generally, but whether we're going to get it, I'm skeptical about. Mm. Um, in terms of, um, borough councils, I'd like to turn to them, 
uh, now. For someone who has never been to a, a borough council meeting, can you just give us sort of like an idea as to what it's like and the uh, difference there is between a, a borough council meeting and the way that a, a borough council uh, works and a parish council? Well, I mean, I certainly think, I mean, as I say, you know, occasionally at parish level, it can, it can get party political, but actually not that often in my, in my experience. At borough council level, which, as I say, is, you know, considered the principal authority um, and, and almost everyone uh, elected is elected on... Um, a party ticket, in fact, mm. everyone in my case on the Impossible Borough Council. Um, it is much more um, political. Now, again, you might say, should that be the case? My per my personal view is actually is that having a thriving democracy locally is important, and that means the battle of ideas, and that means different political parties with different ideologies and, and ways of doing things, and I have no problem with that. And, you know, I was famous during my four years on the, the Borough Council for not being afraid of um, giving a bit of stick and a bit of needle to uh, uh, the Tory opposition. He was a Lib Dem council at the time and is, and is back as a, as a Lib Dem council now. And I, and I had no problem in kind of being political in, in that way. And I know some people don't like that, but I think that's part of a driving democracy. So, uh, so it's much more political at, at, at borough level than at um, parish level and and also you know you're 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 dealing with things like licensing so I was vice chair of licensing during my time on on the borough council which was really really interesting so I sat in a quasi judicial um, capacity when I was um, on a on a panel deciding some of the uh, some of the licensing issues with with taxes and pubs and all the rest of it so I really enjoyed um, uh, doing that and you're talking about a larger you know a much larger amount of money. Mm -hmm. um, that, that you are ultimately in charge of if you're part of the administration. I was an administration backbencher and we got to, you know, I was proud to vote for um, a whole host of, uh, of things in Hinkley and Bosworth during that, that time, which have improved the lives for people here. So a new cinema, um, a new leisure centre, a new shopping complex that really transformed um, Hinkley Town Centre. And, you know, I was really pleased to be, um, albeit from, from the backbenches, to be able to vote for that and help deliver that. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think, Borough, I think both absolutely have their place. I mean, one thing that concerns me, and there's an effort by the Tory run County Council here in Leicestershire to, to be rid of um, borough and district councils and to have a, a unitary authority. I don't support that. I don't think it's good for democracy. I don't good in terms of um, uh, that level of politics being <laughs> local to where people are and, and, and people, you know, even if they don't know who their, their councillor is, that they can easily find out and get in contact with that person because that person lives in their mm. uh, community. Um, however, you know, if it's, you know, if in the end it is forced on us here in Leicestershire and we do go to uh, unitary authority status. I, I think one part of that would have to be more powers for parish and town councils, um, because I think we'd be even more important then as, as absolutely the most local form um, of government. And, and I think, um, you know, we would absolutely need to have more powers on a whole host of things, um, uh, given that there would no longer be that, that borough and district tier. But I absolutely hope that that doesn't happen. I think that tier remaining is important. Mm. Now, what would you say um, in, in, in terms of uh, the quality, perhaps, of decision-making between uh, unitary authorities, uh, authorities and um, boroughs? Would, would, you, would you say that because there isn't that sort of like uh, extra level of decision-making or perhaps uh, greater conversation between different levels of councils, that unitary 
authority authorities uh, perhaps don't necessarily make the best decisions as opposed to the system involving borough councils and parish councils or do you think that uh, it's perhaps a, a bit of a false comparison? What do you think? I think that they're just that far more removed. I mean, if you ask people today, and yeah, you may say people don't know who their parish and borough councillors are, and, and, and I'm sure many don't. Um, but ultimately, you know, parish council, you know, my parish council is, um, you know, has a very physical office in the middle of, of my village. Um, you know, people can um, contact me very, very easily. And yes, you may say this one forms a communication that people, you know, the, the building doesn't have to be in the locality, uh, for example, for a borough council. But I think actually it's important that they are and, and that people live in that borough who um, are, are councillors and indeed officers of those authorities and are making decisions based on what they know to be the needs of those communities. And I just worry, I mean, I worry about asking county council at the moment but at least as i say there is the 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 borough level still but if that went i'd just worry that decisions would be being taken that that have no bearing on what the reality is in a local area um and i think that would lead to wrong decisions being made and i think there's a, a, an issue here uh, for democracy i mean you know the fact is that um, think, thinking of Leicestershire specifically here, but it's the same for many other counties too. That um, you know, at district level, we do, um, you know, Leicester City um, is Labour dominated. Most of the county of Leicestershire is Tory dominated. But there are two Lib Dem councils: one here in, in Bosworth and one in Oakley and Wigston. And I think it's having the ability to elect um, an authority that, that isn't just the, the Labour Tory binary is important. Um, and I think if that um, level of government went, I think we would just be left with with you know a permanent um, Leicester City Council that, that's um, one party rule Labour, um, you know, and 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 pretty much the the same for the for the unitary one party rule Conservatives. And actually, I just don't think that's good for our democracy. I, I think having multi party, uh, having a multi party democracy is important. Um, now, you may say, well, you would say that you're a Liberal Democrat. Well, yeah, absolutely. That, you know, that's true. But I think if people looked at it rationally and independently, they think it's not just good to have the two large parties dominating. But the at borough and district level, the fact that you can have, you know, a Lib Dem council or you can have a rainbow coalition, as we're seeing in, in some places now where the Greens are involved with the Lib Dems and Labour and others. Um, I, you know, this is important for our democracy. And I think we lose that at our peril. Really. Mm. Um one of the things that, of course, has been talked about a, a great deal over the past few years has been greater devolution uh, for England and the possibility of an English parliament, if an English parliament were ever to come into being. How do you think it would interact with the different council systems? And do you think it would end up taking powers and emphasis away from the different uh, types of councils that exist throughout England at the moment? I think, an, I think an English parliament is an interesting idea. I mean, I, I do think that, um, I mean, you know, there's an argument that actually England dominates the UK parliament, and so why do we need a separate parliament just to be able to say we've got a separate English parliament? And I have quite a lot of sympathy with that, um, with that idea. But equally, I think, you know, is the English political settlement where it should be? No, it probably isn't. I think we're getting there with, um, kind of metro mayors and again I know the debate in the Lib Dems about whether they're a good thing or not I, I think I probably think they are I think 
um, we've seen with um, with, with Ben Houchen in the Tees Valley and, and Andy Burnham uh, in Greater Manchester, that actually having a kind of spokesperson for those regions has brought extra funding um, for those regions, which, for example, we in the East Midlands, because we don't have such a, a, a thing, haven't had. And in fact, here in Leicestershire, despite having um, almost all um, uh, Tory MPs, certainly in, in, in the county, um, you know, we are one of the, the, the worst, the least funded um, counties in England in terms of education and, and lots of other things. So actually, you know, I'd argue that, and we do argue in our leaflets, that having having Tory MPs has done us no good whatsoever here. Um, but I think, you know, having that kind of spokesperson for um, a, a region, um, for, for a city and surrounding areas, and, and maybe a host of, of, of cities, is important. And I know there's interesting discussions at the moment about um, an East Midlands combined authority. Again, we'd have to look at the at the detail um, uh, of that. Um, but I think devolution to England is absolutely necessary, but it must be levelled up, you know. And, and mm. um, I was a, um, I was representing uh, the parish council at, a, at an online APPG recently, or party parliamentary group, are looking at levelling up and the role of parish and town councils. And I said in that, that it needs to be more than just a slogan, which is all I think it is at the moment. Mm. Uh, I don't think local communities are really trusted um, uh, to, to have the powers and to know where money um, should be spent. And I think central government, not just under this government, but under the coalition and indeed under the Blair years too, that um, you know, prime ministers taught the talk, taught the language of devolution and of levelling up, but don't actually then follow through um, with what is needed. And to be frank with you, I have very little faith that the Boris Johnson government will do that. Mm. Uh, we're coming towards the end of the podcast. It's been wonderful uh, speaking to you, Matthew. And I have one final question. Um, we've not really touched upon it uh, at all. I don't think we've mentioned it, in fact. But of course, coronavirus has affected all of our lives. And thanks to the vaccination programme, things seem to be uh, getting somewhat better at the moment, though we're not fully uh, back to normal. Hopefully we are on the road back to some form of normality. When things do get back to normal, back to how they were prior to the pandemic, what one thing that you haven't been able to do because of the pandemic are you most looking forward to being able to do again? Um, well, I mean, you know, I, I, I think it would just be very nice to um, see friends again that I've only been able to, you know, communicate with um, online. And, you know, online is great and we all spend so much of our lives online and, uh, you know, um, the internet is, a, is an absolutely wonderful thing that connects us all. But I think there's something about actual being in the same room as somebody and, you know, being able to hug somebody or being able to shake hands or whatever. I think, I think kind of that human touch is important. And um, so, you know, I'm looking forward to, to seeing uh, friends and, and, and family that, that I've not seen in quite a while. Um, I'm really chuffed to be um, going back to uh, the cinema. I love going to the cinema. I go mm -hmm. most weekends, um, sometimes on a Saturday and a Sunday, um, because I've got um, a good old um, unlimited uh, card for a certain uh, cinema that won't mention the name of um but, but i really love i really love going to the cinema and um so I'm, I'm pleased to be pleased to be back doing that and and i'm very much looking forward to i'm actually um going to be um uh, moving soon into uh, a new flat and I'm, I'm i'm looking forward to that as well so i think 
you know, um, I think people have had a really tough time over the past couple of years mm. and um, actually being able to be social again, uh, albeit you know, in a COVID compliant and safe way, um, is going to be really, really important for, for people's general mental health and, and well-being. So, the, you know, the sooner that can, can happen more fully, the better. Absolutely. Well, I hope that you'll be able to move into the flat soon and be able to go back to the uh, cinema as well uh, very soon, Matthew. If people want to find out more about you, where should they go? Probably the easiest thing is to go to Twitter, and I'm um, at Matthew Hulbert, um, one T in the Matthew, and then Hulbert is H-U-L-B-E-R-T. So yeah, at Hulbert Matthew, and they can find my website from there and all, all my general witterings and meanderings on there. Fantastic. Thank you once again for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Will. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbeam, and Amazon Music. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Debated Podcast, like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast, or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at the Debated Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.